0: welcome to another session with the market dominance guys a program exploring all the high stakes speed bumps and off ramps of driving to the top of your market with our host chris beal from connect and sell and Corey frank from branch 49 what's the reason customers bought from you and will buy from you again don't know Look to the end of your buyer's journey to the team that helps customers successfully use their purchase. That's the advice of Ed Porter fractional chief revenue officer of blue chip CRO and today's market dominance guys guest in this third of three conversations with our podcast hosts Corey Frank and Chris Beal Ed suggests that you find out what's working for customers. Then take that information back to marketing to fine tune the value description of your product so that it matches what customers are reporting. That's the way to successfully sell your product. Start with the end in mind and work backwards to inform marketing strategies and sales messaging. If you didn't think that customer success had anything to do with selling, it's time to reconsider. As today's Market Dominance Guys episode title says, what customer success can do for you.
1: Funny thing about sales commissions as a way of paying people, funny thing to me anyway, is that they have this peculiar quality of being tied to the market for sales talent, but not being tied in any way that can be measured as far as I can figure out to the performance of that talent within a given sales organization or mission. And the it's kind of a math problem. There's nothing to compare them to. as you hire top talent, they make the big commission dollars, because you have accelerators in your commissions, you have asymmetries that are built into them. And the top people who would be top people with or, with or without a commission earn in the big commissions. And we use that as a feedback loop to say that commissions are working. If you love to break away from it, you kind of can't because you want the top salespeople who are themselves comfortable with that, whether it is myth or truth. And it's there's self-interest in it too, and there should be. Yeah be paid more than the ceo in most places mm-hmm. but as a salesperson if you arrange it all correctly you can be i mean our two top salespeople at connect and sell who produce the most total bookings per year are not commissioned in fact our three top salespeople are not commissioned <laughs> that's right it's no commission whatsoever for the for those three people we're a peculiar company though we're a bootstrap company that literally uses the output the bookings output, which turns very quickly into cash as a means for financing the company as an efficient, uh, economically efficient alternative to venture capital or anything else, right? But we're old people who can think through stuff like that all the way. And we have a confidence that we can make the least likely event in the world to predict, which is the next deal. Mm -hmm. In a portfolio basis, we can make it so likely that we sleep at night. Right. We never sweat a deal. We never think about a deal, actually. Just, you, know, you just do, you do what's right for the customer. You let the chips fall. And you know we have something pretty good and it works. But none of us are driven by commission. And nor, by the way, are we driven by the stock options that we hold or the stock that we hold. We are classic, normal, I'll call them normal, Deming-described folks. Deming told us people work for pride of workmanship. I guarantee mm-hmm. you. Everybody in this company who produces anything works for pride of workmanship. But we try to reward folks fairly based on what they're contributing, which is never an easy thing to figure out. And so in sales, since the market screams commissions and we like top salespeople, we adapt to the commission world and we don't know if we believe in it or not. We might we might not. It's irrelevant. It's like living in Kansas City and trying to decide if you believe in ribs. What do you mean? It isn't whether you believe in ribs, is, it, is it's what kind of barbecue sauce is on them and and how are you going about cooking them?
2: <laughs> yeah, are you grilling them for two hours or 18 hours? <laughs> <There's>
1: <laughs> exactly. a difference. It's a foolish yeah. thing to say. You should move otherwise. You should move from the world of sales, which you can do by starting a company from scratch, trying being your own first rep, all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of ways to do it if you want to go without commissions, but it turns out the reason we love incentives, I believe, is for the same reason we love email. It's identical. It's something we feel like we can control the inputs and we can look at them in a, I'll say almost a pornographic kind of way. We're drawn back to them over and over. Ooh, look at the numbers on my, on how my uh, emails are doing out there. And we can say that that's work. Look, what are you doing tonight, honey? Oh, I got a lot of work to do. You know, you, you go on without me to the party. I have numbers to look at concerning our email response rates for campaign A versus campaign B. I've said it before on market dominance. Guys, if you think you're A-B testing, you are either a charlatan or a fool. You're a charlatan. You're selling somebody that you your A-B testing. Here's the A-B testing. I throw a big monkey and a little monkey into a room with knives in their hands and a patient on the table and we see which one causes the patient to die less fast. I'm trying to do heart (laughs) surgery. I can't A-B test my way to heart surgery. It doesn't matter whether I pair the monkeys up or throw them in all at once. As long as I put knives in their hands, I can't A-B test in any reasonable way. And A-B testing, when I say people are fools, I'm not saying that as a pejorative, I'm just saying mathematically they're fooling themselves. There are way, way, way more dimensions on this vector that you think you're A-B testing than you're A-B testing. You think you're testing A versus B, you have no idea what you're testing, none whatsoever. There's selection bias, there's survivorship bias, there's application of resource differential bias, there's timing bias. If you think you have control over all that stuff, You are simply a dreamer. Go get yourself a nice John Lennon song, sing it end to end, and imagine, imagine that there is no variables. Well, I'm sorry, there's a lot of variables and you aren't controlling for all of them. I come out of the sciences personally. This is my background. I'm a physicist mathematician by training. The mathematics teaches you how to do the physics. The physics teaches you that simple things are so hard that you still gotta go in the lab for real. I remember being in the lab once, Trying to measure the speed of light in a room, the size that I'm in right now. Light's really fast, by the way, right? So how are you going to get clocks at other opposite ends of the room synchronized? It's really hard. Can you synchronize a clock with itself? Maybe. How fine-grained. These are hard questions. To get the speed of light plus or minus 7% took me four months of hard work, four hours every single day. You think you're going to A-B test your way to something more complex than something as simple as how fast did that light beam get down to that mirror and back, and you're going to find some hidden truth? It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You have to start with what works and what works. Here's the beauty of Ed's business. Ed's pioneering a new way of looking at business that is, in my opinion, 100% reliable. It's not 99% reliable. It's 100% reliable. And it starts here, find out what's working for customers by talking <laughs> about customer success, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. step one. Step two is thread back from that and find out where the value description change doesn't match that anymore. And yeah, step yeah. three is once you figure out a value description that is compatible with the psychological fact of an ambush call, insert into ambush call techniques sufficiently to find more such people who will engage with you.
0: We'll be back in a moment after a quick break. Mm -hmm. Connect and Sell, welcome to the end of dialing as you know it. Connect and Sell's patented technology loads your best sales folks up with eight to ten times more live qualified conversations every day. And when we say qualified, we're talking about really qualified, like knowing what kind of cheese they like on their Impossible Whopper kind of qualified. Learn more at connectandsell.com. And we're back with Corey and Chris.
1: This is the market dominance program that we've been talking about for 133 episodes, except it's more sophisticated. Mm -hmm. We always said start with your hypothesis. That says your hypothesis is sitting right out there in the real world, unless yep.
3: you're starting a brand new office.
1: Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> launching a new product, launching a new company,
2: absolutely. Other yeah. than that, you've got you've got you know, there's, data.
3: Uh, Tim Ferriss talks. He's a big chess player, and he talks about the move called. I'm going to butcher it for those chess grandmasters who are on here, but it's <laughs> uh, and I'm I, I like chess, but uh, a Zugswag. My, you familiar with this, Chris or Ed? If, uh, you know, no. you know my
1: my book started on on move one. My book ends on five, and I never could memorize uh. anything past that. <laughs> yeah, I can fork yeah. can fork with the best of them, but when I say I'm doing that, people get upset.
3: Yeah, uh, you know, this is the Bohemian gambit. Now the Z- zwigzwag in essence, and it sounds very much like your model, Ed. A zwigzwag as far as I understand, for those who are chess masters, is that. It's a situation that you find yourself in chess where an opponent, where any move an opponent makes derides their position. Meaning in a business scenario, it sounds like we're often so compelled to do something. There's this compulsion to move and do something, anything, as opposed to take an assessment on, wait a minute, Ed, that works, right? And oh, OK, so don't don't mess with that. That sounds like it's working. And so too often, as we started off this this discussion about what are these things that a lot of CROs come from who I have to always look for the extra basis points and I got to get this tech stack and I got to get this new shiny object and sales three I got to get to this exhibition hall first because I want to get all the business cards and all the new cool shiny tech that has just been VC minted. And as opposed to there's pride. And if you've built a good bone structure, you don't have to mess with that because there's other variables in the system that probably need a little bit more attention, but that's when it sounds like a little bit, what you're, what you're describing Ed's business, Chris, right?
1: When I am. Yeah. I like that particular description. Somebody once said, start with the end in mind, the end is already out there to be found. You don't have to invent it. It's, it's Ed's point.
2: It's <laughs> yeah, a very work backwards. Thing. It's already there. Work backwards. Again, it's the same thing with the math of sales is at some point you're starting with a goal and like walk, work backwards to get to it. Start with the activities. Now you need to, and then look at as everything moves. And again, I think the other part too is start with what you got, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's your end all be all. There is a Velocify, I think, I don't know if they're still around or if they got acquired, but they put a report out maybe four years ago, five years ago or so that, and I've talked about different stages of a business. And when you get to this point where when you're starting, you're you're selling to customers that are within close proximity, close reach to you. Often those are maybe smaller customers that you're trying to get proof of concept, you're trying to get some validation, you're trying to get up and going. And then you're going to go up market. So there's that natural progression. So there's just because you're serving. Let's call it small customers today. It doesn't mean you have to serve small customers forever, but start somewhere and f- start to figure out reasons why people buy from you. Why did they buy a second time from you? Well, understand that whole onboarding process. Like these are things that are relevant to the size of the business and it has everything to do with what you're doing and understanding the, their buying triggers, understanding how you onboarded them, how you supported them. And then do we know, do we know why they've bought from us renewed one year, two years? Do we know why? Do we know that we're having these team meetings and getting entrenched into the customer's business and the customer success rep knows a different amount of people? These are great things to go talk about on the buying side when you're starting to have conversations with people about, This is what it looks like being a customer of ours. This is how we run onboarding. This is how we run post onboarding. This is how we run training. This is how we look at adoption. This is how we interact with you. I mean, if you're painting that picture, now it's not a matter of whether you're an SMB or you're an enterprise client. So that's where I think you start with what you got and put a process together of the ladder, rinse, repeat and start getting proficient there and start the engine moving. And now go make tweaks. Now go up market. Now go to a different buyer persona. Bring in another product. Great. Now you've got another product that you can add to your arsenal. So I think that's a starting point for sure.
3: Well, it sounds like with the markets that we see today, certainly clients that Chris and I work with every day that don't see how your services aren't Going to be fairly busy here in the foreseeable future, Ed. So it's been great having you on the Market Dominance, guys. I know, where can we learn a little bit more about what you do at uh, at Blue Chip, Ed?
2: Yes, my website, bluechipcro.com, but I am also all over LinkedIn. So look me up, Ed Porter, or the company Blue Chip CRO. Very vocal about things sometimes highly debated topics as well as some conventional thinking but I put it all out there and it's something that trying to get more from brain to paper brain to paper because there's a lot of things going around again with Chris's book hopefully that comes out a 3,000 page book would be wonderful to just put Chris's brain dump on paper but that's what I try and do so I'm on LinkedIn and if you hear this podcast and you haven't heard of me before, then connect with me, but let me know where you where you found me. So let me know you've heard me on the Market Dominant Guys podcast. I like to know where people see me and they get some of the value. And I'm also a very big advocate on being social on social platforms. So don't just give things a like, give a comment. So I like engaging in conversation. So that's where you can find me, LinkedIn
1: and website. Fantastic. And if you're ever in Columbus, make sure that you send edit text because otherwise you're on the shit list forever. Yes, uh, exactly. You you will be buying uh, dinner next time. At the very least. That's the penalty. uh, That's all right, though. You got some good places there. (laughs) I haven't sampled yet. So by the way, I love the fact you're blue chip and you're wearing blue on brand. All the marketing (laughs) people get into that. Yes, very much so. Ed chose to be on a a show here that if anybody's getting it in video, I got a blue bay behind me with a blue ship. So blue chip blue ship you know me i reason from the sounds of words because the <laughs> meanings are too hard to understand and i think it's fascinating right. what you're doing this is a it is a non trivial recasting of the entire situation by bringing in customer success
2: yeah yeah it's a really interesting interesting world but yeah thank grand. you so much for the time yeah i appreciate it
3: well, excellent. For Chris Beal, the sage of sales, the princely profit of profit. This is Corey Frank for the market dominance, guys. Until next time.
0: Selling a big idea to a skeptical customer, investor, or partner is one of the hardest jobs in business. So when it's time to really go big, you need to use an uncommon methodology to gain attention frame your thoughts, and employ a successful sequencing that is fresh enough to convince others that your ideas will truly change their world. From crafting just the right cold call screenplays to curating and mapping the ideal call list for your entire TAM, Branch 49's modern and innovative sales toolbox offers a guiding hand to ambitious organizations in their quest to reach market dominance. Learn more at branch49.com